Can you hear me breathing a bit? Is it a bit breathy? I feel like I can hear my own breathing. Yeah, I just don't want to be sound like a old old pervert. Welcome to yet another Games Podcast. My name's Tom Bailey. I'm joined by Tim Owen. We're fully aware there's a lot of Games Podcasts out there, but a lot of those shows kind of tend to focus on new games quite heavily. And we both have a fair amount of, of old games sat on the shelf or hard drive unplayed or barely touched. So we're aiming to focus a little bit more on that. Uh, we need the motivation to actually get and play them. So the idea being that we send each other a list of the games we've got but haven't played yet. And if this takes off, um, the idea is we'll We'll each pick a game that the other person has to play in time for the next week's podcast, and then we'll talk about it. And the scope there is obviously to pick something we maybe know is good from experience, or at the very least interesting or overlooked at the time of release, or maybe to lumber the other person with something really terrible and kind of bask in their misery as they play through it. And that's it, really. So, Tim, I know I'm way worse than you at this in terms of how many unplayed games I've got, but um, is it something that... It kind of plays on your mind. Does it bother you that you've got a bunch of unplayed games? Uh, like you say, you, <laughs> you're a lot worse than me for this. <laughs> we we sent each of our lists, and I think yours was about six or seven times the length. So, yeah. and I thought mine was pretty bad. Yeah, so. it's, <laughs> it's pretty overwhelming. When I, like I knew I had a lot. Like I've said to you before, I knew I had a lot that I got to play. But when I actually sat down and wrote that list out, it was. It's pretty eye-opening. The amount of money I must have wasted on games is uh, is pretty scary, really. But I mean, with stuff like you know PlayStation Plus and Steam sales and indie bundles, all that kind of stuff, that I only find it getting bigger and bigger all the time. I mean, I've got, I don't know, hoard games as well. I don't. Do you tend to like sell games or trade them in when you've finished with them? I try to. Um, I've got a huge pile of games which are intending to sell. Yeah, and then. They're gradually, you know what games are like, they're depreciating value, they're virtually worth nothing now. So they're not going to get sold, and I've got piles of games, basically. Yeah, I mean, oh God, I'm better than I used to be, but um, like I'll sell some stuff now and again, if I definitely know I'm not going to play it again, but I still kind of hold on to far too far too much stuff under the assumption I'll, I'll maybe yeah. go back to it, or I've got a five-year-old boy and think, you know, one day he might want to play... 50 cent blood on the sand or something <laughs> it's just like he's just not going to be interested there's going to be another several generations of consoles down the line but but yeah i can't help myself and i mean even since sending you that list i've bought more games um <laughs> uh, if you, i don't know if you've seen today there's a new xbox sale gone up um oh yeah i've been tempted yeah like um asura's wrath dante's inferno even though i know that's going to be terrible it's like three quid it's like well i might give it a go How can you not? an hour's worth but um, but yeah, yeah, I can't help myself. And The Last of Us as well, I haven't played yet. That's that's half price tomorrow on PlayStation, so I'll probably end up buying that. Even though you've got to play that. Yeah, yeah, I really, really looking forward to it. I've just been waiting for it to come down in price. It's kind of a rare bit of restraint for me, but um, but yeah, no, I'm, like I say, I'm not not helping myself. And uh, just a quick point as well in terms of the, the podcast. If you a fair question, if you're listening right now, is probably who you know who are these two chances? What do they know about games and? Uh, I suppose Chancer is probably a fair kind of insult to throw Tim's way. But um, for me, 
I've written more than two features for a leading games magazine, so you're in you're in very safe hands. I'm just some guy, so <laughs> the end. No, that's that's pretty much me as well. I was I was uh, pr- very much a chancer, but no, I was lucky enough to get a couple of features in there. But yeah, uh, there's a reason why I wasn't asked back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should get onto the games. We kind of spoke about a week ago and sort of discussed what we would each be playing uh, for the first podcast. Should we go through what you played first? Yeah, sure. So okay. you tell them about it. Yeah, so I picked uh, Nier, which I know you had a certain kind of preconception of. I know that you didn't know a huge amount about it, am I right in saying? I knew very little about it, to be honest. I mean, is it fair to say you were under the impression that it was kind of a, a relatively typical kind of JRPG? Yeah, yeah, all along the lines of Final Fantasy type thing. I, I didn't really know much more than that. Yeah, and it, I mean, similar to how I approached it, I'd seen it recommended and, and picked it up not that long after it was released. I think it came out, what, 2010, I think. And I was really pleasantly surprised by it and sort of did something I never really do. I mean, I, I was, when I spoke to you before, I said I'm quite a completist in terms of try and go for 100% and kind of um, mop up side quests and stuff, but... I never tend to do New Game Plus or anything like that. Yeah. But with this game, I sort of I sort of went through it several times because there's a bunch of different endings. So it kind of it kind of got to me in a way that that not that many games do, and I couldn't really put my finger on why at, at the time. So yeah, I'm interested to know how you got on with it, really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So straight away, I was a little bit surprised because it's um, real time game. So I was expecting turn based. Yeah. You know. Final Fantasy type stuff throws you. It's quite uh, it's something that's different to most of these type of games. It's actually pretty fast paced, like generally as well. It doesn't really tend to hang around, and it does push you forward. There's not there's not endless cutscenes and people talking, which is what I normally hate about these kind of games. Yeah. Just just shut up, just get on with it, please. <laughs> uh, but people just not going on and on. But yeah, it gets it gets going pretty quickly. It throws you in. You've got powers straight away. You're all over the place. And then suddenly it takes them all away, which is something I don't really like in games when they yeah. do that, when they just give you loads of stuff for five minutes and then suddenly everything's gone. I wish they'd just start from the start, really. But it's obviously just to try and draw you in a bit. So what grabbed me at the start, I guess I guess you probably spot it as well. The music in the game is quite... Uh, I, wouldn't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I loved it, mm. but it is better than average. And it is, it is not something I wanted to turn off. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is quite repetitive. It actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Deadly Premonition, which I know you're a fan of as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Despite its many flaws, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, of it. some yeah. of those tunes are quite they're quirky, very repetitive, but they do stick in your head. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah, so I got stuck in, and um, you, you, you're some guy. Something I did particularly like about the game is how quick your character is. A lot of these games, you're sort of just ambling around, but he flies around, and uh, which I really like. And he's uh, just very he moves very quickly. One of the first things in the game I did, I, uh, basically, the, someone says, "I'll oh, go in this field and I need some mutton." So I was like, "Okay then." <laughs> I was scrolling through the menus. I went into this huge field, scrolling through the menus, and then I found this option. I think this sums the game up really. It's basically no point in it being there, but there's an option for you to call nearby animals. So I selected it. And then suddenly, about 50 sheep are around me, and they're all just sat. They're just standing there, really innocently, and they're like peeking over the shoulders at you, and just like <laughs> these really cute sheep. And then suddenly, you you check your mission, and oh, all oh, right, I need to collect meat. So you just start massacring all these sheep, 
and within a couple of minutes you've got what you need and you go back and that i think those few minutes are quite a lot of the game because there is a lot of um collecting in this game go and do this for me it's one of these guys who just yeah i'll do anything you want and just going around collect it's a lot of go from a to b get get something for someone take it back to them that kind of gameplay which i'm not particularly a fan of but i understand why it's there to to get the time up etc it's not a long it's not as it's not horribly drawn out long game like a lot of these japanese rpgs are which tends to put me off it is quite snappy so what goes on after that you've you you it's similar it's similar to so many different games it's kind of a cross between um i was getting everything in there shadow, uh, shadow of the colossus some of the bosses i can definitely see that yeah yeah, yeah a lot of big bosses going on there's some metroidy zelda type gameplay going on yeah, with absolutely. some of the dungeon in the areas what else i don't know uh the the fighting in it is kind of it's not a million miles off ninja guide and it suppose it's more um i don't know it's 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 slightly janky 3d fighting which is it's quite engaging i wouldn't say it's it doesn't flow particularly well but it's uh it's got a weight to it it's not it's not bad um it, it's interesting you mentioned ninja gaiden there because i was going to ask you about that um like that type of game ninja gaiden uh, dmc you know metal gear rising revengeance those, those type of games are pretty daunting for me i've got a bunch of them that i haven't played as you'll know looking through my list oh right um, okay and i kind of um have avoided them because i know you i know you're a big fan of like ninja gaiden and those type of games in general yeah yeah but yeah, I, they've always struck me as the type of game you really need to invest time in to learn the kind of combat systems and, and what have you. And I had assumed that this was a much, much more simple kind of combat in in the from my experience. Um, is, is, is that not it, the case then? Uh, it is because um, those games tend to be a lot more focused and about timing and yeah. uh, learning combos, which this game isn't in the slightest. But it's got it's got some of that in there, like you've you need to learn to block and dodge which is is on a basic level it's like that i was pleasantly surprised in fact because it was there was a bit of strategy to it although i would say it was too easy yeah, yeah it's enough. like I, throughout the 10 i think i played 12 hours in the end i i died maybe three times and it was I, I like to be i like to have a bit more challenge in there and uh feel like i'm under threat because that's where i get my that's where i get my thrills really from yeah. from from games really but yeah, I was it's by no means bad combat system. It was totally, totally fine, really. And I like the um, the book powers. That's what it centers around. You basically, so you're this typical guy, and um, it's not just you and a sword. It's you and a sword and a book person. <laughs> and it's this really cool character. What's his name? Grimoire Nar, is it? Is that his name? Uh, and he's yes, got a so, yeah. yeah, and he's got a really, I don't know, one of the best voices in gaming. I'd say it's like it's, yeah, it's pretty smart pretty cool character and uh yeah and he has lots of uh he's basically the magic of the game but he what's he he's he's got all i don't know all these different spells which you can throw out yeah it was it was a pretty good combat system i'd say i think generally the it's a very it is a japanese very japanese game it's got lots of strangeness going on did it really grab you is it one of your favorites or no, it's difficult to say it's a favourite game by any stretch of the imagination. But when, and I don't often find myself thinking about it at all. But you know, if I'm playing other games, it's not something that kind of um, 
that pops up that often. But when I was going through that list, it kind of said it kind of jumped out at me straight away. I thought, actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. And like I say, it's not ideal for a, for a podcast where we're discussing games, but it's really hard to put my finger on exactly what it was. And I don't want to say too much in case you are planning on playing more of it because um, it really just throws some surprises at you later on. I've played um, a, a pretty huge chunk. So okay. is, I don't understand quite where we in this podcast what what we're doing for spoilers are we just talking freely about the games or that's a good point <laughs> yeah well let's <laughs> spoiler warning yes we, we'll uh yeah by all means yeah talk about talk about whatever you want that's cool oh, okay well without revealing too much about yeah. uh, i'm guessing i'm about two-thirds of the way through i've okay. had yeah i've had the extra weapons added shall we say i'm with you yeah and uh, i i would say at this point i'm kind of i am done with it i'd say because okay. I, I just feels, and it's not because I dislike the game in any way. It's just that I feel there's not going to be anything else that happens that's going to surprise me. But is that wrong? Would you say? Not, maybe not. Not so much. I mean, have you got to? Like I say, it's probably about three years since I played it, so I'm not sure what what happens when. But there's a bunch of different kind of play styles that come up. Um, like there's a section that's all text adventure, which. For some oh yeah, sound I did that awful, but, um, yeah. Was no, that was a good. That's a good point. That's something I meant to bring up. Actually, it's got. It's not afraid to throw completely different things at you. There's yeah. a, there's one dungeon in it which is entirely. Um, there's no combat, and it's just uh, taking away different parts of your control. So for this area, you're not allowed to jump. For yeah. this area, you're not allowed to use your blocking. And it's it's pretty. It's cool. It just it tries to. It tries to mix it up. And that is something I appreciate in the game. It's not just you know combat dungeon after combat dungeon. It's uh, there is a lot of variety in there. And I think you said um, when you were telling me about the game that it's more than the sum of its parts, which it is. I think that's true. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, there's one section as well, this very small minecart section, and it's one of the best bits of the game. It was yeah. just like completely changed the camera angle and allowed you to speed up and slow down, and it basically turned it into a shooter. And it was yeah. it worked really well, um, but it did that for about three minutes then just threw it away and it is that kind of game that just comes up with an idea and then gets rid of it that, that's it i think that's what i enjoyed about it it never labors on on those things for too long um yeah there's a bunch of stuff like that you know it turned into a 2d platformer at one point a twin stick shooter you know there's all these different things but as you say yeah it gets it gets the most out of those and then throws it away which is is definitely to be admired i think because so many games that would try something like that would kind of labor on that for far too long but yeah, there's that. I'm assuming you probably haven't done much of the side quests, as I said. It's a kind of affliction of mine. I have. I to got do. the impression that most of them are pointless. But I did do. I did do one, which which um, I'm glad I did. Which was um, a guy just says this. Uh, I think it was a werewolf. Is it not a werewolf? Sorry. Um, what's Pumba in the Lion King? <laughs> uh, warthog. Yeah, that's uh, it's, a guy's like, oh, this warthog. You need to go and sort him out. So I killed this warthog, and then I took took back his tusk, and he's like, "Oh yeah, thanks for the tusk. You now have control of all warthogs." <laughs> and then you go into the field, into this field, and you can suddenly get on a warthog's back. <laughs> and the best thing about it is, you can put it into ultra speed, so you're suddenly flying across this field, and you can power slide this warthog around <laughs> yeah. this huge field. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all, but it's just. It's just it sums this game up really that kind of thing. It just comes from out of nowhere, and it just works. But yeah, so that's near for me a power sliding warthog. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think 
I think it's a fair assumption that side quests are relatively pointless, but to the game's credit, it kind of uh, delivers a commentary on that with a bunch of them. I, I kind of in two minds with that kind of thing, um, because it's it, on the one hand, it, it's kind of you know, Tusk, look, look, we're making you doing this pointless thing, which I I don't like when when some games try and do that. But the right. way the way it's handled in this one on some of them, again, the, my memory's hazy on on a bunch, but there's there's some that are actually quite poignant and. Uh, somewhere there where they're kind of almost talking to the fourth wall and and um it works really well but but yeah i can understand why you would feel that way because a lot of the main missions as you say are essentially fetch quests or go and do this go to point a point b and the um, bit that annoyed me the most in the game was um you you get to these two kids who uh who basically say our mum's gone missing can you go into this place and find three Oh, I don't know what it is, machines or something. Yeah. And you go in and you get, and it's not particularly long, it's about 10 minutes long, you get to the end and there's two. And in order to get a third, you have to go all the way back to the entrance, then all the way back through the whole thing again, killing all the same monsters again to get two more. So oh, it's basically just a complete waste of time. Yeah. Okay. And that did annoy me. But in its defence, it only did that once. And I don't know, maybe I missed one. But um, I think I think most, I think every Japanese game's got flab on it. Like I mean, sorry, every JRPG's got a bit of flab on it, but this and this one had less than most. Yeah, I, th- I think there's stuff there that if you know, if you're an idiot like me and you want to try and do everything in a game, there's a bunch of stuff to do. You know, there's um, something that appeals to me in any game is you know if if enemies drop loot and you can use it to upgrade stuff and um, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of that stuff there, but to an really extreme level, if you want to max out everything, which I did end up doing, you're talking hours and hours of grinding. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but but then it's it's, it's only there if you want it. Yeah yeah, it's not necessary at all. It's only there for people who would get enjoyment out of that. So so yeah, I think I think that's absolutely fine personally. But um, but yeah, I can see why people would would think, especially when the game. I mean, the production values aren't massively high. So I suppose if there's been time putting into that kind of stuff, that's only going to appeal to a certain subsection of people. Then I suppose there's an argument to be had there. But. But no, I I think um, just all that, like you said, you know, the some of the some was um, better than the parts for me. No, that's that's not the saying, clearly, is it? <laughs> better than the sum of its parts. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one. But yeah, it's it's just something I look back on really fondly, and uh, no, I was interested to. I'm glad it wasn't a complete washout for you. At least. No, no, not not even slightly. If if I didn't have a million things to play, I'd probably finish it. Yeah. Um, I've finished very few games. Even games I love, I don't finish, uh, including the game we're about to talk about. Yeah. Which is terrible. <laughs> but it, it's not because the games are bad. It's just often you get to two thirds in a game, and the off. I, I just find so often the last quarter of a game is just such a letdown and a drag. Yeah. yeah. In so many games that I often just stop playing and just think I've had my fill. But that's that's a different discussion anyway. So no, well, no, you say that. Is it? That, I won't drag on too much. But that is interesting to me because it's the complete the complete opposite of me. I will. Oh, okay. I'll um I'll power through unless it's you know the most horrific experience imaginable. I'll power through something even if I'm not even if I'm not enjoying it. Massively. I really have to force myself to finish Grand Theft Auto Five. I thought it was really. Uh, those characters were just annoying me so much. Yeah. Like, I was skip- I ended up skipping the cutscenes. The missions were still good, but yeah, oh, yeah. it's just really dragging for me. But um, sorry, carry on, carry on. No, no, I'm just saying it's it's obviously um, it's obviously just very different viewpoints. I don't know whether it's kind of me trying to get my money's worth out of something or what, but I think I can totally see your point of view. Life's too yeah, short. Yeah. There's far too much to be doing. 
you know, two yeah. more games to play, plus other, yeah, other exactly. stuff outside of that that you could be doing with your time. So yeah, I think uh, I think you've probably got the better idea than me there. Well, yeah. So um, six point four out of ten, not bad. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, cool. That's a joke, everyone. <laughs> I, w- I won't do any more. No, no, please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to uh, to my game then. Do you want to speak a little bit about why you picked it for me? Yeah, so Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. Came out in 2012 by I don't know how you pronounce it. Clay, Clay. Clay, anyway, Clay I think. Some some company. Yeah. Uh, Xbox Live also came out on PC, which yeah. I think. Did you play it on PC? Yes. Yeah. Did you use a 360 controller? I did. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So it's basically the same. Yeah. So why did I pick it? Um, it's just I rarely like stealth games to be honest. Okay. And I play. I ended up playing the demo for this, and sort of instantly fell in love with it. Really, and it was just different. But um, I'll let you talk about it, and then afterwards, I'll say what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And I, um, I think I'm right in saying it's it's been fairly well received generally. Um, but I suppose with any kind of non-disc based release on consoles, because it was it was an arcade game on on Xbox. Um, it probably hasn't received the attention it would have done otherwise. But um, but as you say, yeah, I picked it up on, on PC in a Steam sale for six quid. And it's turned out to be a ridiculous bargain, really. I mean, we're, what, 15 minutes into this podcast, and I'd say it's already a huge success because I've, I've, uh, I've been able to play this, sort of had the motivation to play this game. I, um, I'd say it's very nearly a masterpiece. Yeah, it's. Um, I was. I was pretty blown away by it, to be honest with you. Um, I was obviously keen to play it, otherwise I wouldn't have bought it in the first place. But um, it's just one of those that kept getting bumped down the list. Something else would take my attention, but obviously with this kind of excuse to actually sit down and pay it some attention, I sort of went into it knowing it had been relatively well received. So I had relatively high expectations, which is sometimes a dangerous way to go into something. But um, but no, it didn't let me down at all. And I know you said yeah, you're not a fan of stealth games. I, I am generally, as long as they're they're done right, um, and I haven't admittedly played some of the more lauded sort of stealth games, you know, like the original Thief games or Tenchu or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but stuff like the earlier Metal, Metal Gear Solids and um, and things like that, I really enjoy. But you know, some stealth games are supposedly built around stealth that that just don't implement those systems very well at all. I mean, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is a really good case in point. Mm. Uh, I've played through that recently, and I know it's not an out-and-out stealth game, but, you know, the, the whole idea is that you're you're kind of stalking your prey and, and, and assassinating them. But it just doesn't do stealth that well at all. It, it, yeah. You know, and it's got a bunch of other flaws. I mean, I enjoyed the game, but, but yeah, as a stealth game, it doesn't it doesn't really work at all. But uh, Mark and the Ninja, I would say, just absolutely nails it. I just think the the kind of controls are so precise... It gives you complete control over your movement. Um, the way it communicates the information you need to get by is is absolutely brilliant. It's it's handled about as elegantly as I can remember, sort of coming across really in in a game. Sort of there's there's no need for a radar, for instance, like you might get in there in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. The guards' field of vision's kind of communicated by they're, they're wearing headlamps, and you can see them like a cone shining from the headlamps, and that's that's how you see how how far they can see and. Th- uh, their footsteps you can are visualized little little touches like that it kind of communicates all that vital information absolutely perfectly mm. the kind of there's kind of its variation on kind of bullet time is is fantastic you can kind of pause by holding down the left trigger you can pause and um 
pick out a couple of targets for either like a dart to smash out a light or certain items you pick up as you go along to distract guards and that's really nice that's handled really nicely you can be sort of mid-air in, in a jump pause time with the left trigger and then pick out your target and then continue your jump and, and, and plan your next move yeah that that's done really nicely it's got a brilliant grappling hook and sort of dashing between covers really elegant as well and the thing is it's obviously a stealth game but i would say it's also kind of a a magnificent puzzle game because essentially you're you got a series of rooms with um or, or or outside parts as well but with with guards and you've got to you've got to kind of meticulously plan your way through and there are a bunch of different ways of doing it um, there are certain items, as I say, you can pick up as you go along and choose which way you're going to approach a problem. So yeah, the variation sort of on display is uh, is fantastic, really. There's a variety of different stealth kills, which are which are really enjoyable to pull off. Sort of dropping chandeliers on guards' heads and you know things like that, and ducking out from behind doors and things and, and, and stuff like that. But what I would say is, while those that variety of kills are, are quite innovative. Um, it's not immediately apparent. I was kind of writing notes as I went along playing the game, and after I'd finished the first two levels, I kind of wrote myself a note saying, oh, it doesn't seem possible to kind of grab a guard from a ledge, or um, yeah. Or there's like a bunch of vents, like vent systems in the game as well, and you can't, if someone comes near, you couldn't do that. And I was like, well, it seems like a really odd omission not to be able to do stuff like that. And then, of course, the next session I sat down, I got the chance to kind of upgrade my skills and those are the kind of things on offer. So it, it kind of gradually eases you in, I think, I suppose, as, as a, a lengthened tutorial, really, the first couple of levels. Mm. But um, once you can start upgrading those things, it really kind of opens the game up. Also, for like I've mentioned already, for someone like me who likes kind of extra objectives, there's there's a bunch of that stuff in there as well. There's kind of three hidden scrolls per level, sort of three optional objectives. So it might be... I don't know. Get through this portion of the level without breaking any lights or yeah. without being, you know, without um, alerting any guards whatsoever. Stuff like that. And there's challenge rooms. There's, you know, there's all sorts of stuff on offer there. Uh, and the kind of you get points for doing those extra objectives, and those points can be can be used as the currency for upgrading your your ninja guy. So uh, it's really nice. It gives it encourages you to go for those extra bits and pieces. Although, as I say, I mean, I, I tend to go for those things anyway. Mm. Um, and even even if you do hit most of those objectives like I do, you you still can't buy everything, all of the upgrades as soon as they're available. So it, it kind of adds an extra dimension. It's not like you can just max out your guy the whole way through. Um, you still got to make that decision on on which way you want to sort of build your your guy really. Uh, and there's there's also different kind of styles and outfits you can you can give him, which kind of changes his build. So you can have like a stealthier build or a kind of more combat focused if you want to go through and sort of daze uh, daze guards and, and run past and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting that you didn't finish it because it did. I, I don't know if it was a couple of levels shorter, it might have been that much better. I think. I'll tell you the bit I got up to. It's when I, I just recall. I think you, you you come across these new enemies who can see you in the dark. Yeah. Uh, I stopped about there, and it wasn't. It wasn't like I don't know. I wasn't frustrated or anything like that. I just suddenly lost the will to play it. Yeah. And I can't really describe why because I thought it was fantastic, but that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I like the way they up the difficulties you go through. It's not. 
they they just make it harder for you to fulfill your objectives. It's not like they just throw in loads more enemies or, no. or stuff like that. But as you say, it does get decidedly tougher with with that kind of addition. And there's they throw dogs into the mix as well about halfway through. I don't know if it stopped being a stealth game and became a bit of an action game then. But I don't know if yeah. that's what put me off. But I'm not sure. Maybe I'm completely wrong because I didn't play it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the, those dogs kind of annoy me because although I was trying to be as stealthy as possible, basically the way I played it was if it was possible to kill a guard and hide the body, I would do that so that I could properly explore for those extra objectives. Yeah. Um, so when the dogs come in, you can't kill the dogs. You can only knock them out briefly. Oh, um, right, okay. So that really bug- bugged me at the time. But then, you know, it, it, it was a, it's a worthy challenge because they can sniff you out from a lot further than uh, than a guard would be able to see you. Um, so it I think I do recall the dogs. Yeah, are you yeah. meant to generally just completely avoid them then? Yeah, no. yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, I did find them frustrating to start with. But but yeah, I think generally the way they up the difficulty with stuff like like night vision, like some of those guards wearing night vision goggles yeah, and yeah. things like that. And they, well, I quite liked when they first, did you get to the elite guards? They're like really massive guys. You can only kill yeah, them yeah, once you've stunned them. Yeah. them. Well, the first few of them I thought were really good because you have to... Like like I said earlier, on, like drop a chandelier on them, that'll daze them, and then yeah. you can go in and kill them. Or you can let, like um, lure them into like um, an electrical outlet that's that's not working properly, and it electrocutes yeah. them. Yeah. But then there's a bunch of them later on that there doesn't seem to be any of that kind of stuff around. So you you've got no choice but to avoid them, really. So it seemed a bit odd to introduce that mechanic and then not really give you an outlet for it later on. So that that was a little bit frustrating as well. And I had a generally. The checkpoint system was brilliant, I thought, because mm. basically you're not penalised for going back to the last checkpoint. So if, if one of your objectives is to not set an alarm off in the whole level, um, if you set an alarm off and load the last checkpoint, that's not your level done. Basically, you you go back to exactly how you were. So yeah, I, know yeah. I do games... remember it being very... I've, I've said that sentence completely wrong. It just wasn't <laughs> frustrating at all. It, yeah. was just, it just did everything it could to not frustrate you. Which is something I really liked. Yeah, it was it was pretty forgiving in that respect. But still you... managed to feel challenging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's it. That's why I liked it so much. I think because um, just as you got to the point where you think, actually, I've got this game clocked now, they would yeah. chuck a new t- enemy type at you, and yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it'd be a whole new set of challenges. Um, but as I say, the, the checkpointing system in general was very, very good and very forgiving. But I did have a couple of. Um, glitches with it which kind of ruined my enjoyment a little bit oh right okay um there was one sort of towards the middle of the game where you have to i don't know if you got to this bit, bit there's basically like i say it's one of these points where you think yeah it's not so much of a challenge as it was and um, basically an alarm goes off like something you have no control over it's always going to happen mm-hmm. and basically the room floods with guards and you have to stay hidden for 60 seconds while like these cargo doors slowly open before you can escape oh okay yeah um i think i recall that bit well i really liked that because it was really challenging like i say at a point where i thought you know i know what i'm doing yeah yeah no i I do remember now i thought exactly the same i thought you feel like you you just overcome the game and there's nothing else it can throw at you and then suddenly it does yeah Yeah, i remember yeah that's it and 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 it's really tricky yeah yeah because they chuck the dogs in there as well so even if you're hidden behind like a door where a guard would never see you for that whole minute and the dog would sniff you out and alert the guard, so you have to keep moving. Yeah. Um, and it's brilliant. But unfortunately, I kind of got spotted towards the end of that timer. I thought, oh, well, fine, you know, we'll go back to the go back to the last checkpoint. And for some reason, it chucked me like behind kind of a little 
wall, like a little plant pot, basically, you can hide behind that I'd never been hiding behind. And there was a dog right by me, sniffing at me. So you had, like, oh, two no. seconds to disable the dog and there was a couple of guards right by it and it took me like 10 goes to to do it, it really annoyed me oh um, right yeah but i can i can appreciate that yeah that that so you know i mean it was quickly forgotten afterwards it was fine it was in the middle of the game but at the, at the time that, that was pretty annoying what was the, i think there was another one as well oh yeah there's another one where you had to get through a section without without raising an alarm and i'd cleared a cleared a section beforehand and left like I said, normally I would hide any bodies I'd, I'd kind of created by killing the guards, but I don't know if you remember, but basically if you guards sort of disable tripwires, so if you leave bodies out, there's like these laser tripwires that um, uh, if you walk through, obviously they raise an alarm. But if the guard walks past it, it will disable it. Yeah. Um, so what I'd done is I'd left the bodies by these tripwires so that I didn't have to deal with them. Oh, and, okay. And um, when you get into the next screen, uh, it's another one of those things where it floods floods enemies at you and they yeah. came across the bodies and you had like a five second window to to go back and get it um because because it checkpointed you right at that moment oh right okay. and because i was trying to go through all these extra objectives it was yeah it's frustrating again it took me a few goes to sort that out but i mean it, it's pretty minor nickels really you know it literally happened twice in in them um, sort of what is it 12 levels i think it's um uh, it's not anything major and the, yeah. other, the other thing I thought could have been implemented a little bit better was the leaderboard stuff. I don't know whether you took any notice of that. No, yeah. not really, to be honest. Well, kind of, because you get you get a certain amount of points for how you dispatched guards, or you know okay. whether you distracted them first, or whether if they ever walk past you um, while you're hidden, you get extra points and stuff like that. But basically, you would think that it would award you more points for going through completely stealthily and like just not them not ever seeing you or you never killing any of them you would imagine it would reward you a bit more for that but actually to get the maximum points unless i'm i've been doing it completely wrong you kind of you have, have to, to really massacre overdo. everyone yeah but you have to hide from them you kind of have to be in plain sight and have them walk past you for a certain amount of points then if you kill one and use that body to kind of terrorize another guard so like you could throw a body at a guard <laughs> oh, right, and like he'll he'll go crazy and start firing his gun and it might hit a couple of other guards for extra points like all this kind of stuff like and then go and hide all the bodies um you get more points doing it that way which kind of seems a bit counterintuitive yeah, but, yeah. um i mean i'm not i'm not a massive kind of high school gamer so it, it didn't bother me a huge amount but it's one of those things that maybe it could have been handled a little bit better yeah yeah of course but um but yeah i mean these are all really niggly things as I say uh, on the whole i absolutely love the game there uh, what i would say is the storyline is, is pretty lightweight um and if you haven't finished it you, you obviously won't have seen the last level but it kind of turns everything on its head and makes you question everything you've been doing and it's oh, okay. one of those endings that you think this would be a, an absolutely amazing ending if if only it had earned it a bit more. If they built it up a bit, yeah. yeah I, because... I didn't. I wasn't invested even slightly. No. I mean, very few games invest me. Uh, Last of Us, which you mentioned earlier, that's that's one which really grabbed me. Yeah. The vast majority of games barely even. You know, I'm just not. I don't care basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it needs to be pretty special for it to really kind of grab me, but. Um, but yeah, no, this in particular, it, it was completely throwaway up until that last level. And like I say, if it had earned it a bit more, then it probably would have been a very good ending. But yeah. you, you have to make a decision at the end. And it, for me, it was just like, well, God, I don't really mind. Yeah, um, you've not built it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, maybe if I was to go through it again now, knowing what I know at the end of that, it might it might be better. But, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't really need to do that to 
to kind of capture my attention, I think. But, yeah, sure, sure. But um, oh, that I'm said, you know... I should, I should finish it, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you can't have been that far from the end. Yeah, I think it was two levels left, yeah. maybe. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you know, don't day. get me wrong, it doesn't do anything wildly different to what it's done so far, but... Um, but it's yeah, it's definitely worth a worth a go. And I mean, I will go through and mop up those last extra. I think I literally missed sort of four or five. Oh, okay. Throughout the whole thing, so I probably will go up and mop up those last couple of bits. And I know there's like some DLC for it with an extra level and commentary and stuff. So I'm tempted to give that a go as well. Yeah. Because like I say, yeah. I mean, I know I've, I've been listing quite a few negative points now, but um, but on the whole, I just thought it was absolutely magnificent. It, I think maybe, like I say, if it had been a lot, a little bit tighter, maybe ten levels rather than twelve, then I think I would have sort of held it up as, a, like I say, like a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it I think... did. I don't know if you looked at the review scores, but it was basically nine out of ten across the board. It was like incredibly highly reviewed. So yeah, basically just in line with what you've said, really. Did you remember when I said? There was something in the game I thought it did better than anything else. I do remember, yeah, and I'm intrigued to know what you what that was. Well, you, you've touched on it really. Um, at the start, you said the feedback the game gives you. There's nothing. There's basically, if you get caught in this game, ignoring those couple of glitches you had, yeah. if you get caught in this game, it is always your fault. Yeah. And I think that's the best thing about this game. Um, 3D stealth games suffer a lot, I think, because technology is just not good enough for you to remain hidden at all times and know exactly where all your enemies are just based on hearing and you know like you would in real life you'd use your hearing wouldn't you but you can't really do that in games but in 2d every step a soldier makes or every step you make make you can see the sound it's represented by a a wave in the game isn't it yes basically every everything in the game which could cause you to get caught the game basically conveys it to you perfectly Yes, yeah. and uh, that's what I thought it does better than any other game I've played. It's just so fair in that in that respect. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you completely. Like I said, I can't think of a of a game that has communicated that kind of vital information to you as, as elegantly as that. Yeah, you know, it's not a huge HUD with a massive radar on it. You know, it's it's just done really nicely and streamlined. Yeah, you said um, elegant. I thought that was the perfect word. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's really impressive stuff, and you know if there's anyone out there like me that's that's had it on the back burner for a while, I'd definitely say get on it. It's uh, it's it's a fantastic game. I did a little bit of um, reading up on it, and apparently the the lead designer isn't isn't with Clay anymore, which is a shame. Um, so okay. I don't, you know, I mean, I know they haven't announced a sequel, but you know if there is one, it, it could potentially be you know not not quite up to the first one because he's he's off. I can't see the um, I can't see where they go to be honest with the No, no, that's true. That's true. Cracked it first time, but um, yeah, I don't know. Great game. Yeah, he's um, that guy. Yeah, uh, he's called Nels Anderson. He's joined Campo Santo, which is the um, the new studio that the Idle Thumbs guys have kind of. Well, I don't know if it's just them that set it up, but um, obviously they've been at like Telltale in The Walking Dead and, and Double Fine yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So you know, whatever they come up with should be should be interested with him on board as well. And, um, I'll definitely be looking out for that. But um, but yeah, Mark of the Ninja, excellent. Okay, so I guess we'll now uh, we'll turn to the games we're going to play next week and the ones we've picked for each other. So did you want to go for the one you've picked for me first? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's Cave Story Plus. Okay. Yep, so uh, have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. I got it in a a, a, bun- a really cheap Steam bundle a long time ago, so I know very little about it. I know it's 
really well regarded. I think it's a platformer, and I think it's pretty tough going. But apart from that, I, I don't know a huge amount, I must admit. Yeah, okay. Um, are you a fan of Metroid at all? Yeah, although I've only played a couple of the 3D ones. I haven't played kind of Super Metroid, the kind of classic Metroid. Um, but I like the mechanic of kind of getting upgrades and being able to go back to areas you couldn't kind of access beforehand and stuff like that. Yeah, so, well, the 3D and 2D Metroids aren't that different, to be honest. They sort of follow the same Zelda-ish type, go go here, get this item, go back, sort of, yeah, all that kind of thing. Um, Case Story is more, probably more action-oriented than than uh metroid but yeah all the better for it i think it's it's got its own flavor and uh yeah it's written by one what's i don't know how but it's written by written and completely made just by one guy um even though it's a it is a really full 12 good 12 hour game and it but it doesn't drag it's really well paced it's uh i won't say anything else about it but i'll just say I can't believe it's written by one guy, basically. So, yeah, it came out in 2004, and then it's been re-released in the last couple of years on uh, everything, really. And then this Plus version is an HD version. So it'll it'll look nice. It's all in 2D. It'll look nice. Excellent. Yeah, so that's it, Yeah, I mean, that that is a a kind of prime candidate for something that would have sat would have way down the list for a long time. Um, right. Even though, you know, I know how well regarded it is. It's yeah. just something I've not been, because I don't know a huge amount about it, I've not been compelled to get to it sort of straight away. So, no, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing how I get on. And the kind of Metroid comparison has definitely got my, my hopes up for it. So, yeah, I'd say don't be, it is tricky in parts, but don't be intimidated by it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the trickiest bit for me was I got lost a couple of times. So I would say, you know, if you're tearing your hair out, don't be afraid to look at a, an FAQ or something because it's yeah. not it, although it is very well designed it is there is a couple of bits which I think could have been clearer okay so um, yeah so don't be too afraid to get a bit of help but most of it you you'll just you'll just you'll just blaster it really excellent no I'm looking forward to getting go with it okay and for you it's another action RPG I'm afraid but very different um, it's Bastion oh right okay yeah uh, do you know much about it I know it's 2D, and I yeah. think I've played the first five minutes of it once, but oh, okay. not enough to form any kind of impression at all. It's the kind of game I've often seen recommended, and I've not played. I've also noticed it's gone for two quid on Xbox, so I might grab that so I don't have to turn my PC on every time I want to play it. Oh, I assumed you'd got it on Xbox. Okay, yeah. Cause, I mean, I played it on PC, but with a pad, so, you know, similar to Mark of the Ninja, it's, it's probably a very similar experience. But, but yeah, it's it's £2 in this sale that went live today. So Yeah, yeah, so I'll grab that, and then, uh, yeah, no problem. I'll uh, keen to get stuck in. Like I say, I don't really know a lot about it. Is it combat? Is there a lot of combat, or is it... Yeah, combat's puzzly probably... Or... Combat is a focus, but it's not... You've got choice, you know, you've got ranged weapons and, and kind of melee weapons and things, so that you can change it up and, and, and things like that. But yeah, it's kind of a 2D, but isometric, and there's an element to it, I don't know whether you know about the kind of dynamic narrator um, okay. on it. So basically he's commentating on you the whole way through, and it kind of seemed to divide opinion quite a lot. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know others found it irritating, but um, it kind of seemed to split people down the middle, as I say, so I'll be interested to see how you get on with that part of it. But yeah, no, I I ended up really enjoying it. So um, it's not a particularly long game, I don't think. So you should be able to to, to blast through a fair chunk. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick a hundred hour one next time to pay you back for near. <laughs> yes. No, near wasn't that long to be fair. It seems fair. 
but um but no i thought i'd better give you something a bit shorter this time yeah no that's fine i'll uh yeah i'll get stuck in cool okay well uh, i guess that's the end of the podcast then thanks for listening to the three people who downloaded this and uh, i guess we'll see you next time cheers yeah bye bye